Welcome to the Heal, Cleanse, Love podcast. Life is better when you are aligned with who you really are. When you are you, capital Y-O-U. How do you get more aligned? I've found that doing things that fall into one or more of these categories, healing, cleansing, and loving, as often as you can, will get you closer and closer to the real and most beautiful you. Come and be still for a Quiet your soul for a time Don't say a word, just come listen and me Be still there's no place like real, and this is Heal, Cleanse, Love. When we shine bright, we unconsciously allow others to do the same. We're meant to shine bright the way children do. Before I introduce my guest on this episode, I want to mention the fundamental choice we have every moment of every day, to say yes or to say no to life. Life is moving all of the time. Nothing sits still. Water moves, we eat throughout the day, and we do so every day because food moves through us. Everything is moving. There is no keeping things the same. So we ask ourselves, where do I flow? Do I flow in a direction that is aligned with who I really am? Or if I resist and say no to my natural, authentic self, what is that going to feel like? My guest on this episode is Jeremiah's J-Man Monero. J-Man has said yes to life and yes to who he really is. J-Man is a realtor actively working in real estate sales in upstate New York. He also travels the country as both a teacher of real estate technology classes and as a keynote speaker. He does a live podcast every Friday to talk about technology related topics. He wakes up every day at 4.45 and posts a time-stamped picture of himself on his story with the hashtag WinTheWakeUp and then does his daily workout. He's a husband and a father and a son to a sweet camera-shy mother who cuts his hair, as you'll see if you follow him on Instagram. This conversation is a behind-the-scenes look into the world of a very outgoing person who has custom-designed and built his life in a way that suits him. He hasn't followed any existing path, let alone a well-worn one. J-Man has become very successful by embracing his uniqueness. His life is filled with the work and the people he loves. He wants everyone to feel the freedom and joy that comes with embracing who they really are and allowing that to inform their choices in life. I hope you enjoy this conversation. There's no blueprint for the life you've designed and you live. What's it like being the creator of your own life? Man, I really like that a lot. Well, I think for me early in my life, I realized that I can't follow what everybody tells me to do because it just doesn't work for me, didn't work for me, can't work for me just because of it wasn't a fit for my personality. It wasn't, it wasn't a fit for what I enjoy doing. And you know, it, it's a bunch of 
micro decisions you make along your life, right? That says when you say no to something else or you may see that as a failure, it opens up new doors, it opens up new opportunities. And that's what happened for me as I progressed at things and I said, yeah, I want to do this. And in the beginning, it wasn't all that I thought it would be, but I made it that way, how I really enjoyed doing it and said, if I'm, if I'm going to be a success, it's going to be at something I love, something that I'm really passionate about. Uh, if not, you know, th- then how can you really be a, a success? So at what point, how old were you, do you think, when you, you kind of realized that you were consciously choosing this path of creating your life? <laughs> uh, man, I would like, I mean, every job I ever had, if you think of, I got fired from Wendy's was my first job. I was going to ask you, how did that show up in your life with like, I knew that I wasn't a fit. How did it show up? You got fired from oh, Wendy's? Oh, it was, I got fired from Wendy's because I was talking too much. I wanted to work the drive through because I loved the <laughs> microphone. I'm not even kidding. They like, they had me on the grill. I'm like, this is boring. I'm like, I, can I do the drive through once? And I was like, hey, welcome to Wendy's. This is Jeremiah's. You know, like I loved it. And they were like. People would come up to the to the window and be like, "You're the most enthusiastic <laughs> drive-through person we ever." Because I thought like this, like I love that part of it. And even I think as a kid, if I remember prior to that, like I grew up in my mom's hair salon. She would bring me to work with her from when I was like one, two, three. So as soon as I could talk and answer phones, I would answer her phone and be like, "Thank you for calling Aries Clippers. You know, this is Jeremiah's. <laughs> How can I help you?" And they'd be like, "Who?" And then were you entertaining the people when they yeah. came in? <laughs> yeah, the you know, she had a lot of senior clients and just loved, you know, talk. So how are things? What's going on? Tell me, you know, and they're like, who is this guy? And and it's just I, I realized at that time, like, I'm a social person. I get my energy from people, right? And I had to do something with that. But when you're eight or ten, nobody tells you what your options are for that, right? They tell you Oh, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer. If you're in Rochester, you're going to be a machinist in, in technology, something like along the, a trade of some sort. Or just go work at Kodak like your uncle and, you know, do a job that you don't like for 30 years and retire. Uh, so I... Yeah. Yeah. There's just So what was your first real job? I mean, what's a real job? I mean, you know, like a, out of high school. I was... Uh, I went to trade school. I went to I went to University of Brighton, which we'll call Monroe Community College, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's our, our our local college. And initially, I went like Applied Technologies. I got a certificate in tooling and machining because my father realized, you know, very practical. My son doesn't like school. He's got to pick up a trade. Yeah. And so I got certified in tooling and machining. That's why I mentioned it. I got certified in tooling and machining and started to apprentice places and, and like I'm really smart I'm really good with numbers but again I was like this is awful <laughs> this is so like wait you guys just stand at a machine yeah and do this all day I'm like I feel like there's so much more for me in life I couldn't see with like wasting my life away uh, not to say that anybody who's doing that is wasting their life away but no. for me like I, I saw so much more uh, you know, even, for example, I would have to make parts, right? And so the only way to get through my day was be tr- let me try to make as many parts as possible and make it competitive. 
mm. for myself. Yeah. But now the night guy, I'm working days, the night guy gets pissed off at me mm. because he's like, dude, you're, you're killing the quota here. Wow. I used to sleep two hours. Sleep two hours during his shift. Yeah. And, like, I don't know that kind of work ethic. Like, I know, yeah. like, I'm going to, uh, every job I ever had, I, I excelled at because, like, I work as if I'm the boss. Yeah. Right? Like, like I, I exceed expectations because I don't know how to do anything halfway. Mm-hmm. Like, my father always taught me that. I did a lot of sports growing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're going to do something. Do, don't go. Like, I'm going to give it a try. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like right. we're, we're going all the way. Yeah. And, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't like that my first real job. It was, it was awful. How long did you stay there? I mean, I, I apprenticed at different places. I thought maybe it's this place. Yeah. Went to another place. Nope. I think I probably did five or six places yep. before I realized I'm changing my major to business administration. Okay. So you did that? Yeah. Then what did you do? Uh, then, while I was in school still, uh, right around my associate's degree level, I got a promotion. I was I was selling alarm systems door to door. Uh huh. I used to work for an alarm company in yeah. the accounting world. Yeah. So it was. Uh, I was knocking on doors. I was. Yeah, I know that. I'm like, this is, this is great. Yeah. I just have to talk to people. Yeah. And if I talk to enough people. Yeah. They'll buy. Did you? Were you successful at it? That yeah. Mm-hmm. I I mean I did really well, and they. Uh, instead of me going for another two years of school, which I was like, I don't really want to do this anyways, they transferred me. They're like, they off, they kept offering me management positions, and I was 19. I'm like, I don't want to be a manager. I don't want responsibility. I just want to have fun with yeah, my life. Right. And finally, they're like, we're not going to offer you another one. This one is in Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. And that's what took me to New York for four years or so. I had 30, 40 salespeople, you know, installers. I had guys twice my age who were yeah support residential commercial residential okay yeah mm-hmm. so we had a special promotions team we used yep. to take them out in twelve passenger vans yep. that was my first real job with responsibility and living on my own in a city that I'd never been to yeah. which prior to going there I thought was like you see them like escape from New York yeah you know right <laughs> like I thought it'd be like graffiti everywhere somebody's <laughs> gonna try to kill me and, and at the time it was uh, it was it was bad yeah you know. So what time frame was that? When that was 1999. Okay. So when did you get into real estate? 2005. Okay. So I was in New York from 99 to 2004, roughly. And uh, I had an opportunity to come back. A, a guy had hunted me from another alarm company based out of Batavia. And I was like, okay, I can come back to the same thing. Didn't work well with him after yeah. like two months. Opened my own shop, sold my own alarm systems. Oh, yeah. Sold cell phones. I had a retail storefront. Right. And I didn't like that either. Yeah. Because I got to wait for people. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I'm like, I can't, I got to sit here yeah. and wait for you to come to me. Like, yeah. that's like a passive way to do business. I just, mm. I'm like, tell me where the people are. I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. So then you get into real estate, and at what point <clears throat> when you're in real estate did you say, I want to do more than just sales? I want to branch out into other areas I of think real I, I didn't really want to at first. It was more like I started when I was 25, mm-hmm. and so it was the, the youngest in the office um, until 
not my wife at the time, but my wife now yep. joined the office, and she became the youngest. So they're always like, oh, go ask Jeremiah. He's a young guy. He knows about technology. <laughs> and I'm like, I got time for this. <laughs> you know, and then I was like, I got to charge you whatever you want. I'm like, maybe there's something here. But it, it, it wasn't the money. For me, it was more like, you know, being able to to help someone, right? Like I can remember in the early stages, like there's an agent that was going to retire because she felt like, the technology was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so me being able to make it, under, you know, understand, able to implement it into her business, uh, kept her in the business, Yeah, right? So that's making a difference in somebody's life. So I recently read a blog post from... Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bucket List family. I think I've heard of them. I love them. Yeah. Uh, he, in particular, I think wrote this podcast, wrote this blog about that because he he tries new things. He takes, I mean, he takes really big risks. Uh, they decided they wanted to create their own cartoon. I mean, like big risks and big things. Yeah, yeah, I love you it. know. And yeah. so um, <clears throat> he talked about in this blog post the embarrassed feeling that you can have when you're new at something. It's like you're the new kid in school, and and or like when you put a title out there or a job description of this is who I am and this is what I do, but you really haven't done much of it yet. But you know that's what you want to do and want to be. I mean, does that sound familiar to you at all? Yeah, sounds like my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like, oh, let's see if I can break it. Or like, you know, with events and stuff, I'm like, what can I do that's more? Right? Because I feel like in order to exceed expectations, you got to keep going. And like somebody go, dude, you're, you're way too extra. And like extra is what people remember right? Normal and average and safe and your comfort zone gets forgotten easily. And I'm willing to take the risk and be on the edge and try the new things and fail miserably. So how many times would you say, and you don't have to give a number, but I yeah. mean, have you failed a lot? Have you gone up oh and just God. like flopped and it's been like nobody, and I don't like to talk about that yeah. much because you don't want to like live in that energy, but I mean, all the time it happens, right? I mean, yes. it has to happen when you take risks. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't count how many times. I can tell you my very first speaking engagement in front of a large crowd was a women's council of realtors here in Rochester. I mean, we're talking about a hundred people, and I'm and I'm like demonstrating authenticity and like a, a software based program, and I got no internet. Yeah. So. <laughs> And like I'm brand new, so like I don't know what to do. What to do? And uh, for those of you who might be scared of public speaking, now imagine that you're trying to talk about something and that thing isn't working. It's like standing there in your underwear, yeah. right? So it's like that five seconds, thirty seconds felt like hours, and I'm like, well, <laughs> isn't technology great when it works? <laughs> and I'm running through like. Like I'm really good under pressure in certain scenarios where I like I've been there before, right? Like in, in the sports world, they'd be like, "Okay, here's this, here's that, here's my options." Boom, I select one. But in this, this was something new that I'm like, 
Ah, uh, well, let's break into groups. <laughs> We're gonna break into groups and talk about all, you know all the ways that we can use this in our business. And it like it gave me a moment. And you learn though, don't you learn? Oh, now it's like yeah. It? One what I what I know for sure is that stuff will always happen, and my reaction to it, whatever it is in life, in business, with family. My reaction to it is the only thing that I can control. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Because I like I wanted to do this big intro the other day with a f- with fog machines and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. And 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 I mentioned it to a friend of mine. He's like, "Dude, sometimes you know, the shtick is too much." And that stuck with me. And I let it control me asking whether I could get the fog machine or not. It stopped you. You it, let it stop you. I let it in that moment because I was like, the shtick. I'm like, bro, I don't have a shtick. This yeah. is not a persona. There's some people you see them on stage and then they walk off entirely different person. Yeah. I have friends like that and it's. They're just because they're introverts, and now they, they turn it on to be an extrovert on stage kind of a thing, and then they're not the same person. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, this is what I envisioned. Freaking fog machine, right? And so when I when I get there on Monday, I was like, I, you know, I talked to the event planner. I'm like, what are the chances we could have a fog machine here? She's like, we do fog machines all the time. And I'm wow. like, oh. Yeah. So in my head, I'm going, and I'm, they're going to hire me back again. And uh, we're doing it. We're yeah. going to do the fog machine. I did everything else that I wanted to, though. There, you know, there was like, I wanted like all the lights to go off. I had like, I paid a guy to produce an extra video just for a 60 second introduction. Cool. To set the tone yeah. for the talk that I was about to do. Because it's, I feel like it, it, it's, it's not, I'm not going to go. I'm not here to teach you something. I'm here to inspire you to take action. I'm here for you to go, what just happened? Right. Right? Like, I feel like that's my duty. That's my responsibility. I I don't talk about things, right? Like, I I inspire people to step outside their comfort zones, really identify their authentic true self, and realize their truest potential. And based on the stories that I saw of people that were there, that's what you did. I mean, there was a woman who was standing, I think, in front of her front door or a front door saying, you know, how inspired she was and she couldn't wait to go create her avatar. And, you know, some people might feel that in the moment when they're there at a conference. They might feel Mm -hmm. it a little bit later, but for her to still be feeling that when she got home and, you know, um, I thought that was great. So um, can you explain... your week this past week. I think just to give sure. an example of what a week in the life of <laughs> J-Man looks like, because sure. I think that, I mean, <clears throat> I think we all, um, it can be really nerve wracking to get yourself going in a direction that is the life that you're creating. There's no blueprint. There isn't anybody right. saying, 
yeah, you can accomplish all of these things that you've got on your schedule this week. It's no problem because this person did it and this person did it and this person. Like you do a lot more than most people do. And so I feel like for you to share what this week looked like and that you you did it all. And it seems like it was a bit of an extreme one, but you did it. It's a normal week. <laughs> it was. Yeah. But it's uh, starting with like, so my business schedule is very busy, but I'm a firm believer in like the business world shouldn't get the best of me either, right? I shouldn't come home and be so tired and so drained and so that my kids go, dad, why are you so tired? Why can't you come out and play? There's times that I hop off an airplane and then I'm I'm playing flag football with the kids yep. 30 minutes later because they deserve that, yes. right? And so this past week we had a, a birthday party for my father his 76th birthday at our house. It was great family get together, pool party, bad food. Something one of the one of the something was bad. And nobody's fault. On Sunday, like I can eat anything. I have a, the, an iron stomach. I can, I eat things past the expiration. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I make it through. It's fine. But Sunday, I'm like I don't feel too good and I was throwing up. Like I ain't, I haven't thrown up since let's say college and it wasn't because of bad food that I ate. And, and so like, I'm like, and this is Sunday. I I have to hop on a plane on Monday morning to do a big keynote in South Florida on Tuesday. Now I also have an, uh, like an appearance at, at an event that somebody's putting on for a company that I work with. And I feel like death, like I, that's the only way for me to put it. I'm throwing up Sunday. Wake up. I wake up at four thirty in the morning to go to the airport. Go to the airport. Get to my hotel. From my hotel, I have to do a virtual Zoom. I do that. I then make my way to this event, which I am the guest for, so I can't call in. Right? Like he's gonna be here in real life. I can't. Be like, can I zoom in to the happy hour event? <laughs> No, I show up, I turn it on, I'm happy, and I can't be like, I don't feel good, guys. I promised people that I was going to do live video with them. We did live videos, we did pictures, we did all the things because I will always do what I say I'm going to do, no matter what. And I would have to be in the hospital not to. And even then, I'd say, come to the hospital, we'll do the live video. <laughs> so then, like, I didn't eat anything from sun Sunday at noon, I think until Monday at 8.30 p.m. And that was, at the hotel, was like toast and some soup. And, and and I'm not real religious. I mean, I said a prayer that night where I was like, Lord, baby Jesus, please. <laughs> this is so, like I had spent so many hours preparing for this and, and just, it's huge. Big event, one keynote was me. They have like different panel discussions. And, and so then I wake up in the morning I feel 80%, yeah, 80% better. And by the time it's go time, you know, I do what I have to do. How many people were at the event? I want to say, I don't know, three to 400. Yeah. It was pretty busy. Yeah. And so then from there, I'm on a high, right? And yeah. like, see, this is what it's all about. Like, because if I miss that, it's not about the business. It's about the opportunity to change people's lives. It's about the opportunity. It's this ripple effect that we have on the world where 
I go there and I can talk to 400 people. Those 400 people now are inspired to go talk or do or, or change their life. That has a ripple effect, right? Now I go to the airport <laughs> and there's thunderstorms and I'm delayed. And after five or six changes, I end up in LaGuardia Airport at 1.30 in the morning. I can't find a, a hotel to sleep in. I call one. They say they have a room. I take an Uber there. They tell me they're sold out. <laughs> like, am I getting punked? I just want to, I just want to sleep somewhere. You know. Long story short, three hotels later, I, I I sleep three and a half hours in a hotel. Hop in the plane in the morning. Get to Rochester at 9:30. I have a Zoom at 10 o'clock. Takes me 17 minutes to get from the airport to my office. Put my computer on. Hop on. Flip the switch. Do a Zoom. This is Wednesday morning. Right. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Wednesday morning. Wednesday. <laughs> After, only, we're only on day three. Yeah, we're only on day. So this is Wednesday morning. Then I have something Wednesday afternoon. Uh, and now I'm showing houses Wednesday evening. Thursday I'm also working with clients. Now we're here on Friday, Friday morning here. I did a live stream this morning at 9 a.m. But you don't hour. even mention also, you know, like in addition to all that. Oh, the waking the, up early. The, and, the waking up early, oh, your workouts. Yeah, the, yeah you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still... Time. Uh, waking up early, I'm still like playing with the kids when I get home, you know, and it's uh, 4.45 and, and I don't see it as really anymore as being part of my day because it's a, it's a routine. I think when, cause there's days where I don't want to do this. The routine makes me, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm literally getting out of bed. I'm like, what's going on? And I'm walking around the house and I'm, I'm putting my sneakers on and next, you know, I'm running and before you know it, I'm like, oh, my run's done. And now, like, that, that's why I call it winning the wake-up because it's truly, like, you win that wake-up, you can win the day, mm -hmm. right? You win more days mm -hmm. in a week, right? You win four out of the seven, you win the week. You do that more weeks than you do throughout the year, then win, you know, win the month, win the year, win life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If anyone's not following you, they should. You've got 11,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah, about that. Um. You know, when you wake up early, you can't feel sorry for yourself like you're the only person that's awake because you see your face. You know that at least J-Man's awake. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody you know, else is up. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. So many people were – because I started doing that as like an accountability thing with somebody else who's like, we're going to wake up early. And then it's it's funny because you when you – the more personal things are, the more relatable, right? And – when you start sharing that, these moments in your life, then other people go like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm in bed. What excuse do I have? And mm -hmm. they'll mention that to me. I'll, I'll, I'm winning the wake up. I was going to ask you if you hear it from people. Yeah. I, and all the time, I'm like, of all the things I talk about, that's what you get. And I'm like, okay, you know. And so, like, there's some people like, can you help me win the wake up? You know, I have a friend of mine in, in, yeah, in Long Island who was like, hey, man. And it, I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you want my help? He's like, yeah. So like, I would call him. You know, what was time at five fifteen? I'm in the middle of a run. That's the worst time because I got my endorphins going and stuff. And I'll call him like, Yo, Petey. His name yeah. is Peter. I'm like, Petey Pablo. This is J Man. I'm like, you better wake up. Your your daughters are depending on you, mm -hmm. right? He's got two little girls, mm -hmm. and he's like, son of a gun. Yeah. He got me. I thought about that. I feel like there's an opportunity for a group somehow, some mm -hmm. way. Well, I think just use the hashtag. If you're listening to this and you want to win the wake up, you want to tag me in it. Like I, the reason why I, I 
I do not look pretty in the morning. It's how I look, though. My hair is jacked up. I got glasses on. It's how I look, right? I think if we can be our true, authentic selves and just say, I don't, does it matter? You judging me, it's not about me. Right. And right? that's what you definitely get from your your whole when you follow you which is the second reason why i wanted to talk with you is this this commitment that you have to helping other people um that has come through pretty loud and very loud and clear not pretty loud and clear very since i started following you i mean i've known you as you know Mm -hmm. in person we didn't interact a lot but we've known each other now for maybe five or six years yeah um but you know it is great um to be able to kind of see what people are all about on their social media if they use their platform that way um and that came through loud and clear that just how much you want to support people in knowing who they are and then living their lives that in a way that's really aligned with who they are um I was going to ask you, you know, where that came from, but you, you've touched on it quite a bit so far. Is there anything, uh, anything else that you haven't said that is kind of the driving force behind you doing that and doing it to the, gre- the degree that you do? I think that I wasn't always there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially being so young in a professional world uh, or, or so young in an industry where people were twice my age. And there was so much of, listen here, kid, right? And, you know, me being, I'm 100% Puerto Rican. I grew up in the suburbs, so I grew up with a lot of racism. You know, and there, there's some of that all the time, hmm. especially with with my last name does not sound Hispanic. It's Monero, right? So it's like, man, you're a good Italian boy, right? I get that all the time, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, all the time, weekly basis. And, and so it's like, some of that, but in the beginning, I was a little bit, through my whole life, a little bit scared to really show people who I was because, like, in the suburbs, I wasn't Caucasian enough for my Caucasian friends. In the city, when we would go back, I wasn't Hispanic enough for my Hispanic friends. So where the hell do I fit in? And I think that was so tough for me that I would try to blend in. Right, yeah. I I started in real estate. I'm young. I got a shirt. I got a tie. I wear suits because I have to be super professional. You know why? Because then they can't use the fact that I'm young. They can't use the fact that I'm Hispanic. They can't use all the things that they really want to use against me. They have no reason. Mm-hmm. And eventually, and it took me a while when I gained the confidence, and part of that was gaining the business, right, being successful in the business or as what they deemed to be a success, and then just saying, I don't care what you guys think anymore. You know, this is me. You know, like, I can remember going to, a, like, a, a group dinner with some other real estate professionals, and, and I wore my Cookie Monster T-shirt. And they're like, are you kidding me? What are you, 12? Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you not like cookies? Like, <laughs> like, you're not being real. You're not being real if you don't like cookies, okay? I love cookies. This is a really cool Cookie Monster shirt. And if you don't like it, I could go sit over here, okay? But that you, you're you in a shirt and a suit and whatever that you're not comfortable in. Yeah. And and now, it, like, it, it rains through and everything. When I speak, I wear, I wear a suit with a T-shirt. 
And that that started because I spilled coffee on a dress shirt one time. Mm -hmm. And then when I wore not a dress shirt, nobody noticed. (laughs) Because they were, well, the one guy who hired me noticed. (laughs) He was like, what's with the shirt? But he would, when I delivered the message, then he was like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? It, yeah. it, it's not the package, how it's not the wrapping paper you put in the gift, it's the gift. Yeah. Right? And, you know, think about all uh, how many times we spend so much on expensive wrapping paper and the bow and you get yeah. all that done and it gets, ends up in the trash. That's right. just the dressing. Yeah. But it's it's the gift that you can deliver. And and I think, yeah. F- for me, that it's become so important because. That's what resonates with people. I had 10 or 15 people tell me this week at that event were like, that's right in the beginning. I talk about it like I'm not normal and I celebrate that. And I want you guys to know that because if you are weird and quirky and you like to dance and you like 90s hip hop and whatever it is that you really love, Mm -hmm. share it. Yeah. Because if not, you're robbing the world of your presence. Don't you think it's easier? The more you share, the more you embrace yourself, the more you are yourself, the easier it gets. The easier it gets because the people that you attract are like you. Yeah. And they go, oh, damn, Julie, I didn't know you like 90s hip hop. Oh, we're besties now, yeah. right? Right. And, and instead of me pretending to be this professional mm-hmm. and you like this professional, that person really doesn't exist. I don't care about the competition and and not, not in a cocky way at all. It's more like I come from a position of abundance. Like there's so much for all of us to eat and all of my secrets. I don't, you know, it's not like I have top secret things that I do, but whatever I do, I'll share with the world. And I don't care if you're in the same office or you're from a competing office right next door. It doesn't matter because you're going to get your business. I'm going to get my business. We're all going to be happy. That's more important to me. And and then I think the real competition we have is yourself, right? It's it's mm-hmm. it like just like you said when you shift that energy, like what are they doing? What are they? <laughs> you could be going, what did I do yesterday? What did I do a week before? What did I do last month? How can I get better? Yeah, right. That energy refocused is exponential. And who am I and how do I bring that out into the world? I mean, we're never going to get to the end of that rope. You know what I mean? Like there's more to you than mm-hmm. – and so there's always more to create. There's always more to – there's always a way to get your life even further aligned with who you are, who you're becoming. To me, those are the important things. And I think that's what brings – success and abundant all of it to us there's nothing that bothers me more when like i have somebody in a in a session or whatever i'm like and they say oh i do this oh could you tell me the app or the program that you use no Hmm. i'm with a room of my competition i go okay we're going to take a quick break folks i will i will find the app or program on the break and then i'll share it with everybody (laughs) okay because i'm like it's not it's not top secret man Yeah, yeah right i know i um you know, music, people who write music. I mean, it's all the same notes. Everybody has access to the same notes. There's no secrets there. But it's your own individual stamp and what's coming through you that's going to make it. Your delivery of it. Yeah, it makes it a different song than anybody else has written before. Same with the speaking that I do. Like, you could find 10,000 people today that speak on social media. Right. 
you pay me for the delivery. Yeah. Right? My spin on it, how I would talk about it, your unique take on it, your personality, your delivery, uh, that's priceless. Okay, so this is one of your stories um, last week or 10 days ago, sometime within the last 10 days. Okay. When, uh, after you did your workout in the morning, and this is what you posted. Hill run is done. Ah! Wacky Wednesday, mofos. Tell you, every time, every single time, every single time of a hill run, there's a moment I do 12 hills, okay? Seven, eight, nine, that's the third quarter. And that's when I'm like, oh, it's hot, it's humid. Uh, you know, slow your pace down a little bit. Then I have to go switch and go all day. I can do this all day. This is cake. I'm almost done. I could do this. This is nothing. This is a piece of cake. Let's go. Looking good, feeling good, everyday Hollywood. That's the mantra. And as soon as you can change your mindset like that, that applies to anything difficult that you're doing in your workday. Right? When you start going, oh, this is a hard transaction. Uh, 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 uh. Change your mindset. Change the world. Let's go. Sorry, I was on drugs. It's <laughs> called endorphins. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd love being called a mofo, but I, <laughs> it's a term of endearment yeah, from you. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, so, when also preparing for this, it occurred to me that <clears throat> I feel like so many of us avoid the struggle of running up a hill. For, and but that's for, it's a metaphor. It is, and it's a short period of time. Okay, so it's a big struggle for a short period of time. But what ends up happening is we keep this lower level of struggle going for our whole lives, right? Or for a longer period of time. Twenty-year-old. Jeremiah's, if you if he was watching that, do you yeah. know what he would be thinking? Yeah. So for me, and like being a, like I'm the youngest of four, uh, my next oldest sibling is five and a half years older, and like growing up, things weren't easy. Like I said, right. So for me, I moved to the suburbs when we were eight. I've been fighting my whole life, fighting whether it's whether it's, you know emotionally, physically, you know, in business, anything you in any in any in any way you could think of. And then when it when it came to sports, I did wrestling and football. And so for me, one of the things with wrestling that really changed my life was that the suffering won't last. Like, what I know is that on the other side of this is greatness. Like, the other side of this, nobody's working this hard. Like, if you can, like, be thinking at that moment, like, nobody else is crazy enough to be doing this. And this is why I'll always win. This is why when times are tough, I'll, I'll make it through. I don't have, this won't last forever. I just got to do it just a little bit longer than the next person. Right? When you hear those footsteps behind you, like, uh, metaphorically and then also like literally speaking like I'm in a race I hear footsteps somebody's trying to creep up and pass me they're not gonna 
because I know that I can outlast them, not for the whole race, because they can't keep up that pace the whole race. Mm-hmm. Okay, but when they see that I'm not going to stop, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll quit before I do. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of that, that training <laughs> and, and that hill workout, it's only six miles. I have a like I do a, a longer run every week than that. That's the hardest one, but it's my favorite because it's the hardest one. How many miles is it total? Six point three one, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's twelve hills and 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 four loops. And that's the hardest, the hardest one that you do. It is because it's you just have to put yourself in a place. We call it like like a pain cave. <laughs> And just put your mind there and just say this, like I said there, and that third, anytime something's hard in your life, right? And that self-talk, the conversation you have with yourself, that's everything. It is. Right? Like, oh, it's okay. I can take a break. I can walk. I deserve it. It's hard. I don't want to pass out. You're not going to pass out, right? Your body can do so much more. And that's like when, when I, my running buddies, they'd be like, Oh, we know when you start to get tired because then you start saying it's super easy because I'm trying to, I'm, I'm convincing myself because your mind will be convinced, hmm. right? Like all day, I got this all day, all day, baby. And it, because a minute ago I was saying, I'm going to die. This is really hard. Mm-hmm. I should slow down. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then your body goes, you know what? This is really hard. Yeah. We should slow down. There was a time in my late 20s where I wasn't as disciplined. Not my late 20s. Let's say 20-year-old me, still disciplined. I think when I came back and, and, and looking back, you know, I was there for 9-11, and, and I think there was some issues for me in regards to that. I was a half a mile from ground zero when, you know, like like there was that. That was part of the reason why I left as I looked back because it was like it brought me back to what was more important. Mm-hmm you know being here with family people that that I care about mm-hmm. and I wasn't as disciplined I would go out more because then I was like well I gotta live life right you know and living life was like drinking beers and having garbage plates and you know being out with my buddies till late and so sometimes we lose focus and it, it took reading meeting the the right lady right mm-hmm. uh, because she didn't put up with my shit mm-hmm if I can say that, it's too late. Um, <laughs> I should have asked. Yeah. Um, but then also, like, when my first son, mm. right, then then I was like, I got to change. Like, this, my son will never know this part of me. My son's only going to know the dad who wakes up early, the one who's going, you know, that's going to events, that's doing doing all the things, who's unstoppable because I never give him a reason for me to have an excuse and that's the way he's going to grow up, mm. you know, and, and, and that's where it changed for me big time. You're digging deep a lot. Is there a time that stands out that was like you had to dig, dig the deepest for that time? Or for that situation? Yeah. I can tell you uh, 
again, I can't do things halfway, right? We said that earlier. Mm -hmm. And so then when I started getting into shape again, when my first son was going to be born, and then I was like, went to the gym. I'm like, okay, oh, we're going to do it. There's this thing called the Tough Mudder. You want to do it? Yeah, sounds hard. Let's let's do that. Did a Tough Mudder. And then I'm like, that was really hard. Uh, but they didn't keep track of our time or anything. So how do we really know how we did? There's no nothing to measure. And so I found this Spartan race thing. And a buddy of mine's like, yeah, let's do it. And so I go, oh, it's a world championship, and it's in Killington, Vermont. Sounds pretty hard. Tell me, tell me what the Spartan race so is. So a Spartan race is like an obstacle course race. Uh, this one specifically, they have different levels, sprint, super, and a beast, 5, 10, and 15 miles. So I signed up for the world championship race, which is a race they have at the end of the year for all the racers who are the best. <laughs> <laughs> and That's so, your first one. That was my first one. And, and and when they say, you know, like, he wasn't ready, I was not ready. Like, we did a Tough Mudder. It wasn't the same thing. It was a group effort. Uh, I had been running. But this, you've never been to Killington, Vermont. They call it the Green Mountain yeah. region yeah. for a reason. Yeah. It, it, you know, 8,000 feet of elevation, mm-hmm. right, 30-plus obstacles, uh, they had us swimming through this lake at, at Mount Killington. And then when I say lake, okay, to go to this ladder obstacle, and the lake itself was 43 degrees. Oh, my God. <clears throat> this is in uh, late September. Wow. Okay? And I wasn't prepared. And so seven and a half hours later, okay, oh. and... They said, well, if you're going to be around, if, if you're going to be competing until dark, you have to make sure you have glow sticks and headlights. And my buddy's like, dude, if we're on there when it's dark, something's wrong. We don't need that stuff. Okay? And it, six and a half hours, I don't know how far I am from the finish line. I just know that hmm. this has to end at some point. And it was like at that point where I was like, even if I did quit, mm-hmm. Right. Where would I go? Yeah. How do I get off of this damn mountain? Wow. It, it was that bad. And then I had like a volunteer come to me, sir, you don't have a light because now it's starting to get dark. You don't have a light and glow sticks. Uh, you know, you, you're going to have to come. I said, you need to call security or something because I was delirious at that point. I'm like, but I'm finishing this damn race. Like I started, I'm finishing. Mm-hmm. Period. And that was, without question, I can say that was one of the, because I wasn't prepared as far as nutrition goes, Mm -hmm. the time, Mm -hmm. what I was wearing, like I didn't have compression gear, wearing like, you know, just. So you must have gotten scared. I mean, you must have gotten pretty scared at some point. Or did you try and keep that at bay? Not scared, more like frustrated with myself because... I didn't do my homework. Yeah. Right? And if you find yourself in any kind of situation like that, there's nobody to blame but yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a buddy of mine at the gym beats me in a race. I should have trained harder. It's not like I, you know, I'm not blaming the weather. Right. I'm not blaming anything else. Yeah. So what made you stick with that, though? I mean, really, do you know what makes you want to finish that race? Or do you, is that just... In you. Because I started it. Okay. Like, <laughs> you finish what you start. Like, I, I don't, quitting 
it's not the, now failure is an option. Right. Quitting isn't. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I, I don't see failure as as a person. It's an event. I failed. We talked about earlier. Like I failed so many times. Mm-hmm. Like in my mind, if I pass out, the race is over. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna die. Right. I mean, a few people have in these races out of hundreds of thousands. Not yeah. gonna be me. Right. You know. But if I pass out, I'm done. But I didn't, yeah, didn't quit, mm-hmm. or I was forced to quit because I'm not conscious. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's how my mind at the time, like, you know what? Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. And if we pass out, it's a break, right? <laughs> if we get hurt, can't do it anymore. You know. So it's like I, I'm not. I'm not afraid of something happening. I'm going to keep going either until something happens, Mm -hmm. which prevents me from moving forward, Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, I finish. Did you finish last? No, no. Hmm. Mm -mm. Hmm. No, there's other, you know, because there's there's other people who are there not to do it in in as quick of a time. And and when I say like this elevation, like they, they had one where it's called the death march. It's a mile straight up the hill. And there, there's people when you see when you talk about broken souls, you don't know it until you've seen it, mm-hmm. until you've seen somebody just on the side of a trail mm-hmm. crying, yeah, and not knowing what to do, yeah. You know that like that's their souls broken, and and I know like it's not gonna be me. You know, mm-hmm. was did I question my life choices many mm-hmm. times? <laughs> I'm like, I paid for this. What the, this is what we this is what we do on a Saturday and Sunday. This is fun all of a sudden, you know. But I think their tagline is, "You'll know what the finish line." Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say, even that person that's on the side of the road, they're crying in that moment, but they've discovered something about themselves, or they've uncovered something about themselves that yes. that race was needed to uncover because. We all want to get better, and most of us, we want most to improve, us, yeah. you know, but we always, we don't always know what to do or how to do it, and or where the blocks are, you know, so they discovered something, maybe. A breaking point. Yeah, right, and it gives you then an opportunity to delve into that or to address it. Yeah, I, you know, the human body and and mind is capable of so many amazing things, and I think we never take it there because we're comfortable. We are. And I think we've been trained. I mean, I, I think we are much more fear-based of look at everything that's out there. Look for all of the possible things that could hurt you and harm you. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, shore up everything to try to prevent those things from happening. And I, I do think that we are so capable of creating almost everything in our life I, re- I really believe that and there's times in my life when I've done it more than others and scenarios where I've been able to really stay focused and stay in that mindset and and do it and with things that are we think of as unchangeable you know um I mean my son Riley it's right he's got three 21st chromosomes which is Down syndrome, but I don't say it often like with that word because there's a lot of preconceived notions that come along with that. And so when I found out that he was had that genetic makeup, 
I was just in a place of just like knowing in my body, like, okay, well, he's in me and my energy is affecting his health. And if I'm scared, then he's going to have, yeah. And, and, and if I'm worried about the things that I think I don't want for him, I believed I would create those things. That taught me so much about how much power we have in this moment with what we choose to focus on and whether we're uh, going to focus on fear. We will never, ever, ever be able to look at, to comprehend all the possible, what we would think of as scary scenarios. In our, we could spend our whole lives just sitting right here thinking about right. those things and trying to prevent those what things if, from what happening. If, what if, what if, yeah. right. what and, if, what if. There's endless possibilities or, you know, focusing on what we can control and um, staying in that positive space and creating, you know, what we want, you know, thinking about what we want and creating it. Like what if it turned out better than you ever imagined? Yeah. When the fear did take over, the fog machine, I mean, it's a silly example, but right, all of a sudden somebody says something to you and it makes you think, wow, am I, am I too much on this? Or am I, do I have a shtick? Is, do people think I have a shtick? You know what I mean? It, then it's, yeah. it gets in, I mean, no matter who you it, are, no it starts, what. it gets under I, your skin sometimes. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a confident person and, and. You're teetering on confidence all the time, aren't you? Right. And okay. It's, it's yeah. like you could be like, I'm so confident, and then and then I get a review. I had this huge event in Montana. I'm hired to be the MC and speak at, and my job is to infuse energy. This lady called me the best facilitator of chaos she's ever seen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of the reviews. Okay, we're talking like I don't know, 250, 300 people there. One of the reviews said enough with the singing and dancing mm. i'm not here for that respect our time mm. i want to learn something important to help my business mm. now does this guy know that my singing and dancing is actually not ce time because it can't be no mm. right does this guy have an issue because he's a high d on the disc profile and he doesn't understand other people's feelings perhaps but for weeks yeah for weeks it was like just I'm running and I'm going, mother, mm, yeah. what? Ah, I'm running another mile now to work this out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because it, that that stuck with me, and I'm like, enough with the singing and dancing. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do even more. <laughs> I'm I'm there isn't going to be an event where I don't do it, mm-hmm. okay? Because evil's not going to win today. <laughs> that's that's I mean that's how I look at it. But like you said with with somebody saying it's a shtick or, you know, and, and I have to remember and I constantly remind myself, if they don't like it, they're not my people. I think those are always opportunities too for me to go, all right, well, 
why is this bothering me so much? You know, there's then I got a little more work that I can do. You know, Correct. it's it's like okay, so I am looking for some approval potentially. Yeah. Or I am, uh, and and not, that's another thing too, where that's not like a one and done. Like, oh, okay, I I wasn't looking for approval last week. Well, maybe it creeped in today. Maybe I was I'm doing it today for some reason. You know, and then you happen to get a negative thing and it gets under your skin. So it's all a, a a balance and a practice. I think that, you know, part of it is like people hire me and they hire me for a reason, right? If in that, in that example. And so there's a time like, ah, oh, I'm living my best life right now because I get, I love this. Like if you watch me, I am so passionate and I'd love this. I truly, truly love what I do. But then and there's in those moments where I go, Damn, if I'm asking for a thought, is it too much? Am I being a diva? Like, am I, did I all of a sudden become a diva and not know it? Like, for me, that's, that's where, like, have I gone over the line? Am I going to go backwards? Totally get it. Right. Yeah. And then, like, am now, am I, am I the going back down the hill? Uh, right. Because it's, it's so, it's a hard enough industry to get noticed mm-hmm. and it's real easy to get swept away. Mm-hmm. And swept under the carpet. Let me say, like, I want to use a bad metaphor, not swept away. Like, oh, swept away in the greatness. It's like, no, no, no. What happened to J-Man? Oh, he, he asked for a fog machine. <laughs> Nobody heard from him again. You know, <laughs> it like this sounds so silly to say, because like, the worst that could have happened was she said no, uh-huh. and like. This was a big bore. This is South Miami of all the places where I could have asked. Right. That's the place. <laughs> or Hollywood, one or the yeah, other. Yeah, right? It's like these places were like, yeah, wow, we do that all the time for installations. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, but this is the real <clears throat> stuff that does go through your – I mean, it, that's that's the real living, like living on the edge of, of when you're creating it because you just don't know. If, it's yeah, like we said in the beginning, it's like I'm always thinking, what what can I do more? Yeah, and it's really like I'm testing it as I go. Like I'm building this. I had a vision in my head, like this big event. I, like I looked up the venue, how the setup would be. So, like everything I do, I visualize first. I can see it in my mind's Love eye, it. Love right? It. And and then I go, okay, this okay. All the lights. It can't just be the house lights because they have all these other lights. All the lights got to come off. And then the fog machine. And then because I'm talking about the future. So I have this intro video. And then it's like I'm coming from the future. And I got these Michael J. Fox Back to the Future sunglasses on. And like that's it. That's what I what I see. And, and because that's part of what I love when what I do like as a creator. It's in my head. And and now and this is where my like my son has been to a couple events that I put together, yeah. and he can see like, like dad, this was here and now it's there, cool. and now that energy has gone all the way through here, all right. these people, yeah, and it started as a, as a thought, yeah, right, and, and I think that's it's just so powerful. Yeah. It's it's part of what I, you know, it's not about the money at all. Sometimes people aren't always ready. For that, right? I mean, because there's a lot of variables because it's it's the idea and do you, do you 
what is your idea and are you willing to 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 do it all so that's like one thing and then there's um can I translate what's in my head into reality right right? because sometimes it seems good in your head when you're creating it but then you start doing it and it's just not in the real world coming together the way it It, looks like it took a yeah this especially was like yeah Right. And it's then you've got the variable like, of the audience. And are they ready, willing and able to go on the journey with you? And when you're someone who's on that leading edge of really pushing things, um, I can see where you'd be always wondering, am I going too far? I mean, all the time, everything I would do, you know, everything I would do. And, and I think like sometimes I would try to do things and they'd go, no, why not? Mm-hmm. So we don't. We can't. We won't. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and like for me, then it's like, well, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there was times like that and like stuff that I was involved with where I'm like, if you guys aren't doing something to make a difference, why are we here? Because that's like for me, it's like, that's one of my core values. It's like, what can I do to make a difference? Mm-hmm. If I'm just here so that we could stroke each other's egos and pat each other on the back and totally. say we're a part of something that's so important. I don't have time for that. No. Not because I'm like, I could be holding my kids. Well, I, I think where we still have a lot of potential in every industry is being who we really are. Yes. Uh, you know, real it's, estate especially, but I think any any industry that has a sales component to it, which is every industry, right, yeah. where y- you become this person, yep. not who you are. Totally. A- a- and, like, again, like, because I'm in Miami and talk about an area where, like, people are flossing, right? Like, they have all these things that they're showing people how important they are because of what they have. Yeah. And you're buying these things to impress people that really don't matter. And, and so many people were like, after my talk were, because I'm talking about tech stuff, but part of my thing is like, people, before anything, people identify with who you are. Mm-hmm. And and so many people came up to like, man, I've been struggling with t- to figure out who I want to be in real estate rather than being just me. Yeah. It's the next frontier I'm realizing as we're talking is is this connection back to self. There's so much, um, so many great things that are going to come from people relaxing into and rediscovering themselves and being more of themselves and allowing them to do it and it does seem like it's the next frontier yeah it's like that quote you know our deepest fear our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure thank you for listening until next time remember to be happy by honoring and aligning with the pure potential in you.